Hello? Hey. Hey. So, ready to get this going? How's your day been? I'm doing okay. I feel yucky, but... But I've been okay. Okay. First subject, I already have it up right here. Oh, wow. What do I have here? Um... Um, Phoenix Suns, 115 points. Atlanta Hawks, 124 points. Wow, you upset. Big upset. Wow. Um, I couldn't say that, um, I really didn't watch the game by the goal, but I think... What do you say did Atlanta win or Phoenix? Atlanta won by nine. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't really know what to say about that game since I didn't watch it. But Ray Young was put forty three points on the board. Wowza. What is three points in a game? That's a lot. Yep. Um, um. Tonight, the Hawks play again. Nice. Against the Toronto Raptors. Ooh, that's going to be a good game, I guess, well, the Hawks are 25 and 26, and the Raptors are 20. The Raptors are 27 and 25. Huh. Yeah, that's going to be. Are they both in the same conference? Uh, Conference, yes. So that's going to be a good game because they're fighting for the standings. Because I know the payoffs are supposed to, like, be coming up here shortly. Wait. Like, what, May? Never mind, never mind. Is it May they doing the playoffs? Like, the pan tournament, or is it... The playoffs are in... Playoffs... Clicked on the wrong. Oh, here we go. Huh? I haven't. I haven't a feeling that it like made something. Cause I know the the band tournament was in May, and then followed by the postseason like around June. But the finals is a lie. I think that how that went down, but maybe not. Hmm. 
think they start them around April. I think them they start them around the middle of April. Middle of April, so yeah, I can get like have to do it sometime because everybody's trying to make it to the playoffs and get their final rosters and final posters. So I think what's going to happen is that you're going to see a lot of teams playing their best game in like March and February. I think those are the two months to watch all of the NBA. And I'm pulling up NFL.com right now. Yeah. Ooh. Whoa, 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 What? Tom Brady? No. Whoa, Jimmy Dree's asking for a trade. What? What, Jimmy? Ah. Well, thought of Trey Lance, I guess. Why is he asking for? I don't know. So we know the Forty Nine might be a good team, maybe next year. He says. He says. He says, I want to go to a place that that the team wants to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The erupt end to the San Francisco 49ers Cinderella story, losing to the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game, has officially kicked off one of the most intriguing storylines of the offseason. To fight Jimmy Garoppolo's overwhelming success as the team's starting quarterback, he is expected to be traded this offseason. The writing has been on the wall for the eighth year pro since last March when the 49ers traded a pair of first-round picks for and a third-rounder to move up to the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, ultimately selecting Trey Lance. So the move signaled a changing of the guard at the position with the ultra-athletic rookie expected to assume the QB1 role when he was ready for it. Wow, that big. his rookie campaigner in 2022 after one year after a one year apprenticeship under Garoppolo, the 49ers have a succession planned for Lance, and his promotion makes a veteran quarterback a valuable trade chip and a league desperately for quality starters. Studying Garoppolo's, Garoppolo's game, there's a lot like the veteran is a solid. Quick rhythm passer who displays an outstanding timing and touch on on short and intermediate throws. When operating from the shotgun, Garoppolo dis- dis- distributes the ball like a Las Vegas casino dealer passing out a face cards at the blackjack table. From firing laser-like throws to receivers on a variety of slants, flats, and slick stick routes at a short range to maxing a variety of RPOs and quick rhythm play action passes, the veteran excels when 
when the offense pushes at pushes the pace in a no huddle or hurry up mode with short passes featured permanently on the menu. From I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah. As a drop as a drop back passer, Garoppolo um as a drop back passer, Garoppolo is at his best when throwing off off play action to pass. Catchers running an assortment of in-breaking routes at an intermediate or deep range. He has a nice feel for leading his receivers into open areas, and the 49ers frequently rack up big plays on a number of misdirection routes that accompany aggressive run action play fakes or bootleg action. When Garoppolo has exceeded as a play-action passer with the 49ers, he gets flustered when opponents force him to operate exclusively as a traditional drawback passer. He appears to struggle with his timing, read, and and accuracy when he is unable to move defenders with ball fakes in the backfield. Part of his struggles can be a tr- um. A true birds attributed to his inconsistent ball placement, but Jimmy G's turnover was and poor decisions are a bigger concern. That's the end of that statement. Yeah. So So they're saying um so the Steelers want a trade for a quarterback, and a bunch of teams have been reaching out there with quarterbacks, but Jimmy G could be really good. Steelers could get yeah. Chase Claypool, maybe. I don't know. The Steelers don't have a great team. Yeah, they don't. Especially with ben, Big Ben retiring and everything like that. So, yeah. Any good defensive players? TJ Watt. I think also what's interesting about this NFL season is that you had, I mean, you look at it. And you look at it really, and you look at it, the 18 weeks, if they would have did 17, we might have already been in the wild card. I think what people are finding out, especially about the NFL, is about abandoning the... um, NFL playoffs in the NFL season and preseason and all that actually the more good because it gets the more reps, more time to make the playoffs and get a chance to get going. It me, but get a chance to get going because there are a lot of things. Who would not made the bells if it weren't for that week 18? So I think it is a benefit 
for the NFL, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, you can read the next news if you wanna. Okay, let's see what we got. Um, I've been reading for Yahoo Sports for the last few days, so let's see. Ooh, so let's start with the 2022 Olympics opening ceremony revealed this truth. So, uh, nah, no, this is not the podcast for it. Um, ooh, we got um developing news app. So, if you listened to the podcast on yesterday, we talked about the fight and how the family's in the coma. Now, the suspect have been arrested and reportedly came self-defense in Soviet Stadium, a gate that put 49er fan in a coma. Um, the... The... The assault case was announced. A arrest had been announced in the certified assault case five days after a 49er fan was found unconscious in a parking lot and two days after the suspect beating before reported. Um, I won't read the name for um, privacy readings, but. It's something pretty beautiful with a sore and body injuries, so yeah. And then the 49er fan was hospitalized and put into a induced coma after officer found him a half hour into the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Kevin reportedly released early Friday morning on a 30,000 men and the assault were caught on video. Wow. Um, wow. He was in coma, so that the update on that story. Hey, um, Michigan's Jim Harbaugh says, but Says Vikings interview the last time he'll chase an NFL coaching job. Yeah. The wow. University of Michigan, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh said he doesn't plan to seek another NFL head coaching job. Following an interview at following an interview with the with the uh, Minnesota Vikings, Harbaugh told Mitch Album of the Detroit Free Press. That he that the allure of Super Bowl pulled him towards pursuing another NFL shot, but he contends he's done seeking a return to the pros. Sure, the Super Bowl is the greatest prize in our sport, Harbach told Album, but winning an NFL champ, a national championship, that's pretty darn great. Let's do that. There was a pull to the NFL. Because I got that close to the Super Bowl, but this was the time. This was the time to try and return, and this is the last time. Now let's go chase college football's greatest prize. Harbach met with the Minnesota so so the 
brass this week. Well, he said, well, he said he was enthusiastic about re- returning to the NFL. The Vikings never offered him the job. Job. The Vikes are expected to hire Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Call and O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Following Super Bowl Fifty Six, there was a there was a tugging at me. I was once that close to a Super Bowl and I didn't get it. Arbuck said the album. Some NFL jobs came open. I was contacted by the Vikings for better or for worse. It was something I I wanted to explore. I went thinking I'm going to have a hundred percent conviction on this, and if they, and if they, as in Minnesota, have hundred percent conviction on this, then it's something I'm gonna do. Arbuck led the San Francisco 49ers for four seasons, from 2011 to 2014, going to three NFC Championship games and losing Super Bowls. I don't know, to his brother, John's Baltimore Ravens. Super Bowl XLVII. One second, Randall. You entertain the podcast. Okay. Um, well, I had a story for you guys, but then I lost it mid-second. So let me find it. Uh... We're working at Bills. Where was it? Oh, thank you. Um, Eric B. Enemy. Thank you for the interview, Eric B. Enemy, for the head casting vacancy poll report. Um, and then so our guild in the purple guild competitions. We to the Rams. I'm back, Randall. Okay. I had a story, but then I lost it. Uh, you can tell it after I'm done. I'm almost done with this. Okay. The 58-year-old's pro success has kept his name as a potential NFL coaching candidate for years, but the Vikings had shown the most interest in this offseason. After striking out in Minnesota, Harbaugh insists he's, com- he's committed to Michigan. I called Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel and I asked him if he wanted me to be the head coach. Harbach added, and he said, yes, 100%. And I said, okay, then that's what I want to do. I told him, worried, this will not be a reoccurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing. It's easy to say now that Harbach is done pursuing that Super Bowl dream for recruiting purposes. It's the smart stance to take. But the truth is, it's impossible to know if down the road his tune could change, especially if Michigan builds on its 2021 success in the NFL clubs, continue to hound the former quarterback. I got a net story for you when you're ready. Yep, go. 
Well, there is news in Kansas City that the Saints have requested an interview with with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy for head coaching vacancy. Um, it was first reported by ESPN Germany Farrell. The New Orleans Saints have requested an interview for B- with Bieniemy for the. Head coaching vacancy. Long time since head coaching Payton stepped away from the game following the 2021 NFL season, leaving a vacancy at the position for the fourth time since 2005. Uh, even interview for the Broncos? No. The Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, Falcons, Jets, Pies. Sargent, Lions, Bounds, Giants, Panthers, Mangoes, Buccaneers, Dolphins. They want the 15th team to interview a highly talented offensive coordinator for a head coaching vacancy. According to Pro Football Network, Aaron Wilson, Aaron Wilson, the, Hit candidacy to replace Peyton in the ONC is a better decision song support from around the league. There's also to be a factor given by Ford's recent loss to Bart against the NFL claiming the criminal in the league hiring practices. So so that is interesting. Yep. And Annie Reed appeared to be happy for for him. So that's good. Um uh so remember yesterday when I did my top seven quarterbacks? Yes. Or top seven um Super Bowl quarterbacks of all time. Yes. So the, I'm going to read a little bit about all of them. Okay. These are the seven men who convincingly could have had an argument of being the greatest ever until Tom Brady became undeniable. The first 10 years of Brady's career, which included three titles and an undefeated regular season, now look like an appetizer to Brady's dominant Gronk era peak. With the Bucks seasons now thrown in as dessert, he finished first in our end-of-season QB index this year. After being the runner-up last year, including playoffs, when he won his seventh Super Bowl tar- title, he came – He his comeback against Stafford's Rams fell short in the divisional round, but he still went out on top more than any other any other all-time great at the position. It's impossible to truly compare across eras because the game has changed so much, but Unitas, who played from 1956 to 1973, edges out Montana, who played in – 1979 to 1994, and Manning, who played from 1998 to 
2015 for the number two spot because Johnny Yu was so clearly the best of his era and a transformative figure for the spot. United collected three MVPs and five first-team All-Pro nods, and he displayed a sneaky statistical dominance compared to his competition. Manning ultimately overwhelms Marino, Rodgers, and Favre with individual honors and consistency. He was so rarely outside the league's top three quarterbacks during a career-included five MVPs. I won't hold it against Peyton that Eli outshines him on the Manning cast. Maruno is probably the best pure passer of this group. He was never supported with a top 10 running game, and he rarely played with a good defense. He shouldn't suffer too much historically speaking, just because Don Shilla's personal decisions, Rodgers jumps to this tier after backing up his 2020 MVP award in such brilliant fashion during the 2021 regular season. His playoff performance was a letdown, but he's in the midst of a late 30s Brady-like peak that that shouldn't be taken for granted. For granted. Favre has perhaps the strongest resume. He combines a brilliant peak with three consecutive MVPs and a career famous for its durability with some lesser efficiency stats than the rest of the tier. Still, there's not that much separating any of these guys. Now, here is my second tier quarterbacks who's ever played in a quarterback. So this is going to be from 8 to 12. My quarterbacks from 8 to 12. In the number 12 spot, we have Green Bay Packers all-star. A long time ago, before the Brett Favre era, Bart Starr at number 11. He led led his team to only one Super Bowl, but he was great. Played in the same era as Tom Brady. Retired, sadly, last year. Everyone wanted to see him come back for another year. Top-tier Saints quarterback, Drew Brees. Now, coming in with a 2-2 and record in the Super Bowls, leading his team to four Super Bowls. Cowboys all-star, Roger Staubach. Now, Coming in with a two and three record as in the Super Bowl, leading his team to five total Super Bowls. And that team was the Broncos, surprisingly. He is an all star when it comes to the sport, one of the best to ever play. John Elway. Now, for being for now, Coming in one and zero for being such a mobile quarterback, for being a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson, like Lamar Jackson, but having an absolute cannon under him at the same time. He went one and zero in the Super Bowls. 49ers All Star quarterback Steve Young. And that's it.
Okay. Well, we got new coming out of Jacksonville saying that Bill Belichick will be the new head coach and several months are better to be excited. Saying let's get to work. Welcome to Duval. It makes some great days all ahead. Now, let me ask you this, Owen. Do you think that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be a good team? Or is it, again, with the Jaguars, is it wait another year? Or do you believe that they can be good? Um, I don't really know. Um, with another first-round draft pick, I don't know who they're going to spend it on. Um, maybe know. that they can probably get a top-tier wide receiver. Yeah. Or maybe some defense. Their defense sucks, too. Yeah. Let's see. They are. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. You either get a wide receiver that played with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson or a defensive player. Yeah. I mean, they stay in 14. They won against Buffalo. They won against Indy. And they, oh, they do not want to replace Josh Allen, the elite defensive end, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yep. So that will. Yeah. I agree. I'm tired. We still have like yeah. half an hour to do this, though. Yeah. Was that your only news? No, I I will find something on Oh wow. Wow. I Brian Ford beats the people he draws Bill Belichick and do a class action lawsuit against the NFL. What? What happened? So he joined Bill Belichick into the lawsuit against the NFL. So now Bill Belichick is with Brian Flores? Yeah. Oh, my God. Belichick stepped forward appeared to be a congratulation on getting the New York head coaching job. The problem? Belichick thought he was begging to buy in the ball. The Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator and not Brian Forrest, who had yet to have his interview for that same Giants job. A fairly abandoned lawsuit was filed in wake of interaction, filing amounts to see major allegations, the rest of the discrimination against Boston of our coaches, Miami, Dolphin Journal, Stephen Moss, tanking. Randall? Randall.
Randall, you just cut out. Well, um, Randall, Randall. Nice, Randall. Randall. Okay, um, quick cut. We'll be back. Okay, so it uses Brandon's Henry Bell said they're playing a war. And, uh, why did you cut off? I don't know why it went off. But Bella said they play a role in in the lawsuit. Uh, okay. Yeah. We got about twenty eight minutes. Okay. Maybe a few more articles than the condition predictions. Yeah, probably. Um after um tantalizing I don't know, at Liberty, Malik Willis taking a national stage at Senior Bowl. So this guy is one of the Senior Bowl people. Watch the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl exclusively on NFL Network this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Broadcast live from Hanhock Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. Martin Mayhew could have been anywhere on November 6th. He could have been in Athens, Georgia, witnessing the best defense in college football and the gaggle of Bulldogs draft prospects that would go on to win a national championship nine weeks later. He could he could have been at the annual prospect in Galaga, Gala. That, that is the Alabama LSU game. Just three hours up on the road in Tuscaloosa. I don't know. Area scouts didn't don't control which college games they attend on fall Saturdays, but general managers like Mayhew of the Washington Commanders chart their own scouting travel. He'd chosen to be at Ole Miss. Bought him why. Stadium in Oxford, Mississippi, and he wasn't in the South End end zone watching Rebel Star quarterback Matt Corral, a top draft prospect in his own right, during warmups. He was instead perched behind the opposite end zone, a hundred plus yards away from Corral, but just a few feet away from Liberty Frames quarterback Malik Willis. Mayhew was not done. Scouts from various NFL clubs made a human L around the back corner of the end zone as Willis short warm-up throws. The Denver Broncos had several onlookers, including one reporting Willis. Every move with a video camera. That's not to say Mayhew or any other national club rep wasn't equally interested in evaluating Corral or, for that matter, any of his other draft prospects on the field that day. But this was rare rare and ununique. This was rare and un and an ununique opportunity for Scouts for Willis's concerned Liberty and FB 
independent. It was an often faced competition like Ole Miss. And Willis, two years as the Flame starter, this would be his only game against an SEC foe and one of only five against Power Five. Um, there was more to be gained from seeing Willis's upright against the Rebels than any other team on Liberty's schedule. Scouts were there to see if Ole Miss could shine a, a, a brighter light on him, expose some things that defenses at Campbell or Old Dominion could not. A warm-up sunbeam through crisp, cloudless weather and add some natural light to that cast by dis discerning NFL eyes. What would they see? Whatever it was, it was going to be plenty of Willis watchers before them have missed something in the past. Willis didn't play his first full year of varsity football at Atlanta Westlake High School until a junior season. He wasn't installed at quarterback until midway through that year. And although he led his team into the playoffs with a seven-game win streak, that wasn't an, enough for a scholarship offer. Colleges typically evaluate prospects' film long before their senior season to a certain whom to pursue. And Willis simply hadn't played that position enough to gain her much attention, garner much attention. It wasn't a highly toted route. It was, I wasn't able to get to all the summer camps and didn't have much film. I started eight games, Willis said. Um, whoa. Willis said, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's all I'm going to read. Yeah. That's all I'm going to read, saving time. Yeah. Former Buccaneer wide receiver signs with the Seas. Um, Justin Watson is joining the Seas. Uh, he. I think the Seas from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wide receiver Justin Watson as they complete the 2019 offseason roster, according to Adam Sheffield of ESPN. Wow. Wow, That is very big for the Seas. But other than that, that's all I reported. That's all your news? Yeah, for today at least. Um. Congress asked NFL to release full findings from Washington investigation by February 14th. Wow. The House Committee on Oversight and reform called the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell in a Friday letter to release the full findings of the investigation into Washington commander's workplace environment by February 14th, threatening alternate means of obtaining complice. We have received the committee's letter, the league's spoke, spokesperson. Ryan McCarthy said in 
a statement Friday. We will review and respond to them. We will continue to cooperate as we have throughout the investigation to date. We have shared nearly 80,000 pages of documents and made many others available for the committee to review. In addition, responding to questions from the committee, both in writing and in the course of numerous discussions. The committee has requested many documents, which are clearly protected by the attorney-client privilege or our attorney work product. The league and not the team has and will determine which information it is and a position to produce. The attorney for commander's owner, Dan Snyder, Jordan Sluve, released a statement on Friday stating all remaining non-privileged emails are being provided to the committee shortly regarding today's letter from the committee committee to the NFL. Neither Ms. Snyder nor the team has ever done anything to block the committee from receiving any documents or has requested from the NFL that are not expressly protected by attorney-client privilege or attorney work product. Slow said in a statement obtained by the NFL Network insider Ian Rappert. Um, Ian Rappert. Um, in conjunction with the their letter, the committee also released documents that showed the leak and team agreed to pursue a joint legal strategy related to the probe. According to the documents, the private agreement was signed was signed days after the league said it had taken over investigation of the team entitled Snyder and stipulated that any information exchanged as a result of the of the investigation was privileged and it could not be shared without the consent of both NFL and the team. The committee also said the league withdrew from its common interest agreement with the team in October, creating a legal limbo that is preventing the release of documents requested by the Congress. That is the end of that. Wow. We have time for about three more minutes of news, and then uh, we'll get to the pictures. Okay. Well... Well, coming out of well now a day after the International Olympic Committee tried to claim the games of fear politics, the Chinese Communist Party staged a opening ceremony draped in a dual-track political messaging for artists of both inside China and out that was loud and clear as fireworks that lit up in the Beijing sky. It was a sign that both Chinese states and their ability to use the limit to build its narrative and hidden terror at the ship actually digging out. Um, the caution lit on Friday in Beijing by two Chinese athletes uh, numerous governments, including the U.S. 
organizations um, have concluded that China is raising a xenocarade against something after some members of authentic group began demanding a message of cultural independence in 2014. Wow. Um, want to get to the predictions in? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, um, tonight on NBA, um, we have our schedule tonight. We have <clears throat> at six PM occurring on NBA TV. Cleveland at the Charlotte Hornets. Wow. Um, I want the cap of. I think Cleveland going to win. Um. I think Cleveland have a better offense than Charlotte, so yeah. I am going to have to politely, very politely disagree with you completely. <laughs> I'm saying Charlotte Hornets 111 to 105. Yeah. Um, we have Boston Celtics versus Detroit Pistons. Okay. Um, um Boston the... Celtics are twenty-eight and twenty-five, and um, the Detroit Pistons are twelve and thirty-nine. Um, I really don't know about book one. It been coming. I really don't know. The Celtics have won the last three. The Benton have lost the last two. Um, I think the Celtics are going to continue the winning streak. And, and yeah. yeah. I think so, too. I'm going um, Celtics 112. Pistons, 101. Mm, no. I think it's going to be Celtics, 113. And Pistons, 108. I think they're going to make some shots that will lead to uh, the... Lead to something that is not good. So, that is my prediction. Okay. We have the Chicago Bulls, 32-19, and 19 versus at the 19-34 and 34 Indiana Pacers. Um... Um... I don't know. Chicago Bulls with Zach Levine out. I don't know. The style of winning is pretty good. 
Um, I think I'm going to have to go with... And I'm going to have to go with Chicago. I just got to. Um, I'm going with Chicago. Chicago Bulls, 115. Indiana Pacers, 113. I'm going a little bit closer game. Yeah, me too. Um... Okay, my favorite team, the Atlanta Hawks in Toronto versus the Toronto Raptors. Atlanta Hawks are 25 and 26. Toronto Raptors are 27 and 20 and um 23. The Toronto Raptors have 62.3 odds against uh, against our um 62.3 winning percentage against the Hawks 37.7 winning percentage. Um Um, 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 with, um, Daniel Gallinari out for the Hawks and two very important players on day to day. It's going to be tough, but I got to go with my Hawks. I'm going to go the Hawks 110, Toronto Raptors, um, Toronto Raptors 107. Um, I'm going to go with a few Hawks, 110, and Raffle, 106. But, but I was... But I think that it's going to be about how they play. Um, um, next we got the Houston Rockets at in San Antonio versus the San Antonio Sports. Houston Rockets come in with a 15 and 36 record versus the San Antonio Spurs 19 and 34. San Antonio Spurs come in with a 62.4 win percentage versus the Houston Rockets 37.6. Um, San Antonio projected to win by seven, and that's exactly what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go San Antonio, 121. Um, Houston Rockets, 114. Uh, I, can, mm, I don't know. I don't think you go with the Rock, the Rockets. Um. I think it's 115, 112. Um, here's the start taking the last shot in threes right now with the rankings. The Rockets? Rockets are very good in making three point shots. So, that was our predicting. Okay, next we have a better game. Brooklyn Nets in Utah against the Utah Jazz. Brooklyn Nets come in on a 29 and 22 record versus the Utah Jazz's 31 and 21. Utah Jazz comes in on a 68.3 win percentage, while the Brooklyn Nets have a 31.7 win percentage. 
Um, um, Utah coming in projected to win by five point five, which, like, obviously is impossible. Projected to win by five, and um, I'm gonna go about they win by six. I'm gonna go, um, Utah Jazz one hundred and seventeen, Brooklyn Nets one hundred eleven. I was going to go with the Nets originally based on for the team, but they had not won a lot of games. James Harden is out for the Nets. Games. Oh, yeah. Utah Jazz. Um, when I was only one to 115. There. 132 is definitely a lot, but it ain't impossible. Um. Yeah. Here we got kind of a stinker game of New Orleans Pelicans coming in on a night. No, New Orleans Pelicans in Denver. New Orleans coming in on a 19 and 32 record versus the Denver Nuggets 28 and 23 record. Denver mm-hmm. Nuggets coming on an 82.7 win percentage, while the New New Orleans Pelicans are coming in on a 17.3. Then the Nuggets are going to win. Um, um, the Denver Nuggets, Nuggets projected to win by six points, and I'm gonna go with 115 to 108 Denver Nuggets. I go with the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think it's gonna be a shootout between the Pelicans and uh, the Nuggets. The Nuggets get a late lead. I'm going with the Nuggets, um, 121 to 116. Cool. This one, a little bit of a closer game. Philadelphia 76ers in Dallas versus the Dallas Mavericks. 76ers come in on a 31 and 20 a record, while the Dallas Mavericks, Mavericks are coming in on 29 and 23. But the matchup projector says Dallas has a 56.4 win percentage over Philadelphia's 43.6 win percentage. Losing against OKC. Dallas is projected to win by one point, and I'm going to put them like that. 104 to 105, Mavs winning. Okay, note this. Note they just lost to Thunder. They just lost to Orlando. And they, I mean, they lost to straight, straight by like more than, by like more than two points. So, I don't know. Can you set the Mavericks? I don't think so. I think the sisters are going to win. Hey. Okay, last game of the day. For NBA, for NBA. Very, very close game, in my opinion. <clears throat> Oklahoma City Thunder in, in Portland, Portland versus the Trailblazers. Thunder coming in on a 16 and 34 record. Trailblazers coming in on a 21 and 31 project uh, record. The matchup projector is sponsored by ESPN. Says that Portland barely tops over Oklahoma City Thunder with a 50.5 win percentage versus 
Oklahoma City Thunder's 49.5 win percentage. So it's almost as close as it can get. But Portland is over the top for them. Um, Portland projected to win by six, though. And that's exactly how I'm going to do it. Portland, 110. Oklahoma City Thunder, 103. Eh. No. I didn't see. I don't. It's just Portland, yeah. Come on. The OKC Thunder got some really good players on the offenses. And, yeah, the base are going to win the game. But they're going to be upset again. And they been on a roll. A two-game two running streak and losing to the Lakers. Okay, see, Chicago. And, and winning in Houston, yeah. But I don't know. I just really don't think that the Sabres can win this. I think it's going to be a upset. Thunder wins it. Um, one fourteen to ninety eight. The Sabres of Mo a only lead. Okay, hot takes and predictions, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anything else? Uh, not really. We could go over the Shrine Bowl, but I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Shrine Bowl, um, actually, um, the K-State's quarterback played it. Ooh, nice. Nice, Um, nice. uh, Well, last thing we're going to go to, um, college basketball. Ooh, yeah. College basketball. But we got some games going on right now. Out Saturday. Ooh, my goodness. Can we get on that KU and Bagel game? I know you want to do K-State, but but you're going to have to do KU for for me. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Screw. Screw We're only going to do Dude, we don't get in the country. No, we I did, I didn't I didn't say screw KU. I said I, no, I didn't say screw KU. I didn't say screw KU. I did not say screw KU. I said I said I said screw going over all the college basketball games because there's like twelve, and we only have about don't two weeks left, so that. we can't do that. Okay. By the way, TC wins. Okay, we can go over the KU game, all right? No, you don't wanna. I don't want. I don't want to. I want to do both games or no games. Both games or no games. Well, by the time we podcast tomorrow, because we're gonna do predictions for the K State game on the pod tomorrow. So, because the K State game is later, so. We either do the KU game now, and I have one other game I want to predict right now, or we don't do it at all. Uh, don't do it at all. Uh-huh. Okay, I have one game, which is kind of weird for to pick for one game. Tomorrow at 3, we'll miss it. But what? a team playing a bad team, all right? Um, it's Allen <laughs> Christian. Last year, they beat Texas. 
in March Madness. Ooh, what? Versus Rio Grande. Wait, what in the women's basketball? What? UT Rio Grande Valley Vercos. Wait, what? Wow. I don't even know. I'm so confused on no games on. This is tomorrow. Again, and who's playing in this? Abilene Christian Wildcats versus UT Rio Grande Valley Vercois. What conference are they in? Southern? Southern? What are they in? Oh, no, no, no. They're in WAC. W-A-C. W-A-C. Western Athletic Cards. Okay, Western Athletic. And you said it was? Um, Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. Oh, there it is. Um, I don't really know. Um, um, Abilene Christian's supposed to smoke them. I just saw, I just saw them and I was like, we need to do this for the last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think everybody going in ACU, and I think ACU is also going win. So, why not? I'm going. Okay, so they're supposed to win by a bunch, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Abilene Christian, seventy-seven Rio Grande, sixty-two. Um, I don't know. Um, I've never seen these two teams personally, but I am going to go off the the league, the league rankings. Um, I think I think ACU win the game by score of eighty nine. Sixty-one. I know that really high, but I just really don't know what they can do. So you see, we might. AC. Okay, that's about it for the podcast today. Um, uh, come back again tomorrow. Your daily podcast every day, five thirty p.m. Central Time, six thirty Eastern Time. Um. Um, three three thirty Pacific time, and nobody cares about Mountain Time. See ya. <laughs> um. Okay.